morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of the Pen and a Napkin Podcast, the weekly coaching clinic you can carry around with you in your pocket. And we are back, and we are better than ever. It is time for Winning Time, Season 2, Casey Hall, back in the saddle. Mr. Hall, how have things been in West Omaha? Things are going good. School year starting up. Feels like summer melted us for a while, and now July, it's kind of washed away with all the rain we've had, but things are going good out here. Yeah, I know. I feel like I, you know, uh, I should be should have been going to school in a canoe today or something like that, you know, but... Uh, uh, but you can't complain about 81 degrees on August the 7th in Nebraska. That's for sure. So No, that was very nice. Yeah. So, uh, Case, it's been a while since since you've been on. And like I texted you today, completely 1,000% my fault. I, I can't remember if I put 1,000% or 10,000%, but it was something along those lines. There, there were zeros involved. So yeah. uh, excited to have you back on here. It's uh, it, It's been a while. Uh, anything that you want to fill in the listeners about your life? You got... Uh, anything going on, man? No, nothing really. Just raising two kids and still coaching basketball at Motor West and trying to handle all that stuff. Yeah. So, working. Uh, in, in, any predictions for the season based off our committee checks, text chain? Uh, we'll just see how it goes. We'll <laughs> take it one day at a time. <laughs> Yeah, those are uh, those are uh, private and privy uh, of counsel. There, we'll we'll just leave that at there. So, uh, yeah. no, no, good to have you on again, buddy. Uh, we're uh, we're ready to roll here. Uh, season two of Winning Time. I think Casey, based on my uh, as Bill Simmons would say, my half tookest internet research. Uh, I think they only have like eight episodes or something like that scheduled to go here um seven one two three four five six seven now i don't know because of the writers uh writers i don't know or would that have been would have been done already you think yeah it would have been done already you would think so uh well because they said uh season two principal photography um May eight? No, that's not it. I can't find it. But I would think they would have had it done long before the 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 writer strike and all that stuff took place. So, yeah. Uh, again, my opinion, but what do I know? So, right. Uh, so we are in season two. We'll 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 go as many episodes as there are. That's 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 what we'll say here. So, uh, but really excited. I'm I'm ready to roll with it. I I thought uh I thought last night's episode was. Uh, a good episode. Uh, I thought it was. I thought it was well done. I thought there was good pace to it. Um, we're, and uh, I did do this. I, I didn't tell you this. Um, when my wife and I were down in Jamaica, uh, when I was not, uh, when I was spending time on the beach underneath a palm tree, uh, I. I grab my copy of Showtime to reread it for this little project here because I kept I kept saying last year, you know, oh, I think that was in the book. I think it wasn't in the book. And so I wanted to be much more abreast to what they were trying to cover in the book uh, this time around. So I did read uh, definitely the, the section that we're watching here. Uh, it's It starts out in 1984 with game one of the 84 finals. And we'll get into that a little bit. But uh, 
I do want you to know that I did read that. So I, I am up to date on the base material that the, the, the show is being covered on. So, uh, But what were your overall thoughts on the episode, Case? I thought it was really good. Um, I had to go back. I went back last night before I even watched season two, the, this first episode, to watch the last episode of season one just to kind of rehash everything, I guess uh-huh. you could say. Yeah. Uh, but I thought this one was really good. Good storyline. Um, many, multiple different storylines, but I liked how it um, kind of detailed everything that Magic was going through mm-hmm. after winning the championship. Yeah. And now trying to figure out how to fit in even more, I guess you could say. Yeah, fit in, but make his mark, but not make his mark so much that he sticks out. You know, and, yeah. uh, I, I think that's oftentimes the challenge of your team leaders, don't you think? Yes, yes, that's always trying to not overstep your bounds or step on someone else's foot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and in his case, it's Kareem's, you know, and he was trying to push the envelope with Kareem. We'll, we'll talk about that, I'm sure, in a little bit here. Uh, I, I thought they did a, kind of like what you said, Casey, I, I thought they did a good balance of the personal stories and the relationships, uh, but also really emphasizing the basketball stuff. I You know, we had talked on, on episodes last season where there was way too much, like there was, there, there were multiple episodes where there was little to no basketball stuff. And here you are a basketball team and you're not talking about the basketball stuff hardly at all, or sometimes not at all. And I thought this episode moved faster. They covered more of the season, uh, but they didn't, you know, it's magic and cookie. It's now there's a new dynamic in Jerry Buss's life with the boys coming in, uh, him balancing it with Jeannie. Uh, but yet there was a lot of really good, basketball references and material that you still felt like the basketball was at the center of it. Uh, that, that That's what I thought. Is that kind of where you were at too, bud? Yeah, I mean, I, there was, I mean, like any other show you want to see, it had, it, it showed the basketball stuff that we want to see, but then it also had the storylines outside of that where people were going through their own personal stuff, but then it brought it back to basketball in the end. So it was, mm-hmm. It was kind of a good full circle every, whatever, five, ten minutes. They'd at least go into some storyline and then come back to it. So I thought that was really good how they did that. Yeah. One of, or two of my favorite things that happened in the episode uh, very early, in probably the first five minutes or so, a little soundtrack action there. A couple good needle drops, as they say, Casey. Uh, Olivia Newton-John's Magic, uh, talking about Magic Johnson. And then one of my personal favorite bands of the 80s, Girls on Film by Duran Duran. So uh, that sucked me in right there. The, the Olivia, Olivia Newton, my mom was a big Olivia Newton John fan, and she would play her greatest hits album over and over again. And yeah. uh, so, so whenever I hear an Olivia Newton John song, I think of my mom. And then Duran Duran, uh, last band that I saw on my personal bucket list of bands that I wanted to see. So those those couple of songs hit home there in 1980, 1981. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. So um, anything else kind of on your overall thoughts before we really dive into the episode itself? I don't think so. I mean, I think, I think, and we'll probably talk about it, the big 
I mean, things magic's going through, mm-hmm. but then I, I kind of like, I kind of want to see more of the magic and Kareem, how the, how they bond together in the end, potentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, I mean, we all know what happens, but I want to see how they tie it in and, the in the show anyway, but I think we'll get to that as the season goes on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I think they're they're laying some groundwork for that type of stuff. So, um, best scene of the episode. I thought uh, two scenes really stuck out to me, but I'm going to turn it over to you to, to get this category started here, Casey. So, uh, best scene of the episode, in, in your opinion. My favorite scene was day one of training camp when they were playing, when they were just, when they were playing five on five. I forgot um, to add that one. Now that's a good one. I just, I mean, you've got Kareem coming off the foot injury, not being able to run like they were when they were in Showtime when he's on the floor, and um, limiting limiting their pace of play, and Westhead's yelling at him to slow down and to let him get up the floor, and all the players are getting ticked off, and then. He calls practice, but the guys want to keep practicing. Kareem joins the second squad team and goes out there and said, let's go. And it yeah. turns into a basketball war a little bit, which you don't see in practices anymore, probably. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least our level. I mean, you get after it, but it, I mean, this was... Slobber knockers. Yeah. yeah. Let's play it. Let's beat down on each other a little bit. But I thought that was a really good episode, just showing how... Kareem does still have that extra speed, mm-hmm. or that second gear anyway, mm-hmm. and they can't just pass him off just because he's gotten older. Yeah, he and that. Uh, yeah, and I was going to get to it here when we get into the to the realism part of it. Uh, that was that was real tension between Magic and Kareem. Now it wasn't so much in like. 81 that that part of it is a little bit misplaced according to the book and casey i apologize i owe you um something at crable's place every time i say according to the book over the next few weeks here so oh, you're good <laughs> but uh it wasn't until about 85 86 that magic and other guys cooper worthy uh rambus they started getting frustrated with uh with kareem uh, it wasn't quite 80, 81. Uh, it, was, it was a little further down the line than that. There, there was definitely tension between the two, but according to Perlman's book, uh, it, that didn't come along until a little bit further down the line. Now, I don't know if they're putting that in there for dramatic effect uh, to, to stir stuff up here in season two or whatever it may be, but um, it was definitely there. It was definitely there, uh, and it wasn't just magic. Uh, now I thought it was funny. Every every time they brought it, Magic brought it up, Norm Nixon went walking away, and oh, uh, they every single one of them shied away from bringing up anything to Kareem. That's for sure. Exactly, exactly. So that that was that was some, that was humor on it there. So, um, yeah, I had forgot about the training camp scene. I, I should have had that on there. Uh, any other scenes that you really liked? Um, I like the. Um, the start of the episode in 84 when they won game one, was it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was game game one with the beat Celtics. I kind of like that. Just, it was kind of, I mean, I, I know it'll come up later as the episodes or the season goes on, but just kind of how they had to run out of there. 
mm-hmm. after winning game one before they got everything thrown at them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then hopping in the bus and um, Riley just getting on them after um, that it's not over. You got to keep playing to win. I thought that was yeah. pretty good to start it out anyway. That looked like a scene from like one of those zombie movies, you know, where they were just coming yeah. at go running like fast zombies, not slow zombies from The Walking Dead, but fast zombies from like Dawn of the Dead or other ones. So, um, I I had two scenes that were my favorite, um, and, and other than the training camp one. And and now that you say it, the training camp one is probably my favorite scene, even though I didn't have it on my list. But so thanks for refreshing me on that. Um, <laughs> anytime you have angry Jerry West, you got to love angry Jerry West. <laughs> and when Jerry Buss wanted to add a zero to Michael Cooper's contract. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, and we can't say it on this podcast because it's a PG-13 podcast. But he had the he had the uh, the best line of the uh, uh, of the episode when he was talking about a camel's anatomy or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, that was really good. And then uh, one of the last scenes of the episode, uh, when Urban Sr. fired the uh, the male lawyer. Um, oh, yeah. That was, uh, you know, Magic returning back to his roots, returning back to Lansing, returning back to family. Uh, now, obviously, you know, there's going to, he's going to fly the nest a little bit more here as, as we move forward. But, uh, but, uh, yeah, that uh, those are those are two of my favorite scenes. But uh, you were right. I think the training camp sequence for basketball nerds like us had to be number one on the list for this week. Yeah, that was. I thought it was really good, and it, and it wasn't like a short up, a short up or short scene either. It was no. a good ten minute scene that was like, wow, this is really intense. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. A pen and a napkin university videos are just another way that a pen and a napkin can help you become a better coach. Our university video library is constantly expanding with topics ranging from interviewing for a job to full court defense to 25 universal truths about coaching. Our university videos will help you round out your skill set as a coach and help you hone your craft. Videos are $10 a piece with bundling options available. To order, you can DM me on Twitter. Send me an email at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com or order from our website, a pen and a napkin.com. Be sure to check out the a pen and a napkin video library. Worst scene of the episode. I'm going to take the lead here on this one, Casey. And yep. this is one of the things I fear with this show sometimes that frustrates me. Since when do we have. Uh, imaginary people talking to other characters or imaginary objects talking to characters uh, to to move plot along. Um, You know, Cookie, and I'm using air quotes through the phone here, uh, talking to Magic when she's with her, when she's with her new boyfriend or whoever that guy is. And and then um, the uh, lipstick talking to Magic on his cast um, ah, not for me. Uh, yeah. personally, yeah, those were those were those are two that I those are probably the worst two parts of the whole show. I was like, what What are we doing here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, that and then you know, I I think the the first season of the the show, 
established that Jerry Buss was not a good father, not a good human being in a lot of ways when it came to his intimate relationships and, and, and so forth. But uh, the whole Honey Kaplan scene where uh, apparently she wrote something on him or whatever, and he was talking, I think he was talking about it with Jeannie. I could be wrong. Maybe it was one of the boys, but I think it was Jeannie. It was towards the end of the episode. Um, and I, again, I don't know if that's going to come back to, to something, but it was just like, okay, these are things that we've already established and we're kind of going into, uh, we're, we're kind of going into territory that we've already been to in season one. We don't need to rehash it. What are some other things we can see about maybe Kareem or Riley or, you know, more of the, uh, ancillary players like Cooper or, uh, Norm Nixon or, or, or something like that, I, I think right. would have been a little bit more interesting than covering ground that was very thoroughly covered in season one. Yeah, no, I agree. It was, it was a stretch and there's gotta be somebody else we can get a storyline from, or, I mean, I kind of wish they'd, you can see the frustration on Pat Riley's face on a lot of these. Mm-hmm scenes when Westhead's talking like I kind of wish I would go in a little more depth or behind the scenes when he's not around anybody like what his true thoughts were on what was going on yeah yeah because you could see uh when he uh when he was introducing the system or something uh and we'll you know we'll get to that here in just a minute um, there was something, but he was kind of sitting there in the background. He was kind of rolling in his eye, rolling his eyes, and kind of staring at the ceiling, and and like, okay, where are we really going with this? So maybe take out the the lipstick scene, and maybe have a scene with uh, with Pat Riley and his wife talking about, ah, you know, Westhead. I mean, I know we want it, but he's I, I don't know if he's I don't know if he's got the toughness in him and you know, all the other things in the Pat, Pat Riley background that, that might be good. So, right. Yeah. So, um, perhaps the most awkward scene, um, magic and his lawyer, uh, post intimacy, I guess we'll, we'll just, we'll just call that. Um, was that really necessary either? You know, um, I mean, we, we know magic and, and his, personal life and, and his desires, but was that really necessary as well? You know, that, again, I, I just didn't think that was necessary as well. Another stretch. Yeah. Yeah. Again, tell us a little bit about Cooper. Tell us a little bit about uh, one of the people in the book, second reference, so uh, Michael Cooper's wife, and now his ex-wife, uh, they got divorced shortly after his playing career, uh, she talked a lot and very openly about a lot of different things and I think she would be and maybe her angle and, and again Cooper was there for the entire stretch of Showtime along with Magic along with Kareem a lot you know you know him and Magic were there the entire way and I don't know I, I wish that's an avenue they would go down a little bit that's just me so yeah grade the basketball realism Mr. Hall A to F and Y um I would I would say it's a pretty good B anyway. Mm-hmm. Maybe a maybe a low A. Yeah. Um, from what we saw, I mean, uh, I thought the training camp stuff. I bet you that's probably how a lot of training camps are. I don't know if they're like that now, mm-hmm. but probably in the '80s when anything goes basketball. Yeah. 
that might have been like what practice was like. Um, Before a more powerful players union? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, I thought that, I think that was probably very realistic. Um, I think then, I mean, this wasn't on the court stuff, but then the talk of bus trying to lock in players with the free agency yep. and everything. Yep. Um, that was one that, of the things on my list. Yep. That, um, I think that was probably a big deal at that time and how he was trying to go about doing it and spreading the capital or spreading business ventures around to try to make the most out of a dollar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I would say those, I thought those were two very um, realistic things that probably happened mm-hmm. um, during that time period. Um, yeah, I, uh, I agree. I, I, I think the, um, I, I think that's a uh, very realistic thing. Yeah. They, they had to think ahead with that and, uh, you know, bus trying to, you know, like you said, buy his guys loyalty. He was kind of the, the first of the owners that kind of quote unquote wanted to be friends with his players or have those personal relationships with his players. Uh, whereas, you know, red Auerbach was just like, you know, a little bit more distant, uh, maybe not so much red, but, but others were, you know, um, but I, I, I like that. I, uh, I like the mention of the parish and McHale trade, uh, right at the beginning of the episode. Um, you know, cause that, that's going to shape the Celtics Lakers rivalry for, you know, they're going to set that up for a couple of years when they start meeting in the finals in 1984, you know, so yeah. uh, that um, Magic uh, definitely got inter- injured his second year. Uh, kind of sometimes people forget uh, people that who are not as seasoned as an exper- and as experienced as we are, Casey, that both Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson missed huge chunks of their second years in the NBA because of injury. And Magic was out for a long time because of this knee injury. And, you know, pretty accurately, you know, this was 40 years ago. They they don't fix knees and cartilage damage and meniscuses the same way that they do it today with the same efficiency. So uh, that was, I, I thought that was really well done. Um, the birth of the system, which... You know, Paul Westhead got fired for with the Lakers eventually. Sorry, uh, spoiler alert for the future here. Um, but made himself even more famous probably at Loyola Marymount uh, six or seven years later. And and so it was interesting to see uh, that put on film. Um, I don't know if you noticed in the background there, uh, when Magic's in his bedroom back in Lansing, and it's the uh, 81 championship game between Indiana and North Carolina. And they're dropping Sam Perkins, James Worthy, Isaiah Thomas uh, yeah. references in the background. Uh, so yeah. that, that gives us a solid you know, spot in the calendar where Magic is trying to come back. It's, it's late March. It's towards the end of the year. So I, I agree with you. I, I gave it a strong B-plus for basketball realism in this episode. And a lot of really good stuff on the floor. Like you said, our favorite scene, the training camp scene. But just a lot of ancillary things that are going to be really important to the building of the story here this season. Yeah, no, I thought, I thought, and I, it, I mean, I didn't go, like I said, I went back and watched season one final episode. But I feel like there was more basketball realism, realism in this episode than there was in any episode in season one. Mm-hmm. Off the top of my head. Yeah, uh, and I hope it kind of 
continues to build on that uh-huh. um, and doesn't dwindle because, I mean, we all want to, we all know there's other storylines, but the basketball part is kind of what everyone wants to see too. Yeah. Well, maybe uh, Adam McKay and the show runners listen to this podcast and they're like, hey, those two chuckleheads out in Nebraska kind of have a point. Maybe we need to have more basketball stuff instead of worrying about all these other things. That would be great. I mean, that makes sense to me. Uh, you oh, know. yeah. So there's only two basketball realism bones to pick that I have with this episode, okay? All right. One is, and you talked about it, them running out of the garden after game one. Uh, that, again, according to the book, third reference, that they did get pelted by all that stuff, but I think it was like after game seven of the 84 finals is when that happened, okay. not game one. Uh, and, uh, you know, they, they never went running straight out of the arena or anything like that. But but people chucking stuff at their bus, that definitely did happen. But I think it was after game seven, after the Celtics won the series. The other thing, and I want to ask you this, Casey. We've, we've known each other a long time. We coached against each other many times. How many times did you land, line up your team, six on one side of the locker room, six on the other side of the locker room in perfect military formation, and give them a... Uh, pep talk uh, based on what they what they could be possibly uh, what they could possibly do yeah that was that was very odd yeah um, will we see that in the Millard West locker room this year I highly doubt that <laughs> that those are my two bones to pick with the basketball yeah. realism this week so um, anything else on the basketball realism Casey I don't think so I think we had a hit it all and I think we're both kind of on the same page it was it showed a lot of great things and I mean hopefully they can continue to build off of it yep yep coaches do you want to look good stupid question of course you want to look good we all want to look good you know what's the best way to look good buying yourself some a pen and a napkin merchandise we've got some really really good looking stuff here we've got t-shirts and sweatshirts and you are not going to regret picking that up T-shirts are $22 a piece. Sweatshirts are $30 a piece. If I need to mail it to you, it's just $5 shipping and handling to get this good-looking stuff out to you. Coaches, I appreciate all that you've done for me over the last three years or so with a pen and a napkin. I hope I've been able to help you out. Might as well come out and help out the Twitter handle and the podcast by ordering some a pen and a napkin merchandise. And like I said, you get to look good. If you're interested in ordering, you can DM me on Twitter at a pen and a napkin, send me a direct message, or you can email me a pen and a napkin at gmail.com, and I'll get you those ordering details so that you can order some a pen and a napkin merchandise. All right. Um, we're going to rename this category. It's the same category, but we're going to rename it, okay? Um, the Spencer Haywood, who made the most out of the 80s and survived award. Uh, it was just last year. It was just the who made the most out of the eighties and survived award this. Uh, so I decided to, I, I took the dictatorial, uh, privilege of renaming that. I hope that's all right with you. Co-host. Nope. That's totally fine. <laughs> I knew what you were saying when you said it to me. <laughs> uh, who did you have as the, uh, Spencer Haywood who made the most out of the eighties and survived award for this week's episode? I had magic. Okay. Um, just, I mean, the storyline with, I mean, him loving girls, 
Yeah. Loving his off court fun. Um, how much he had to deal with, with all the ads and the commercials and stuff he'd do there. And then dealing with, um, having a child mm-hmm. out of wedlock and then dealing with his parents coming home, um, and the lawyers. So, and then the injury on top of that. So, I mean, I think everything that he had to go through, I mean, just through this second year had to teach him a lot. You'd think. Yeah. Just yeah. overall. And I mean, we all know he ended up getting sick with HIV and everything in the end. I mean, in the nineties, but he survived everything after dealing with all of this from 81 and on. Yep. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to zig here a little bit. Are you ready? Yep. My vote for this week for the Spencer Haywood, who made the most out of the 1980s and survived goes to the bus brothers. <laughs> Cause I thought Jerry was going to kill him at one point. Well, there was a couple times he probably should have. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I in in as we know, forty plus years later, uh, they were basically ran out of the business by Jeannie, even though they're much, you know Jeannie was much younger than her. And then God forbid she be a female uh, that would be. A, a strong business leader who, uh, you know, they're talking about, you know, they're playing Monopoly and Jerry starts talking about the killer instinct and you got to have the killer instinct and that's why, you know, I've made these mistakes and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's eventually, you know, and kind of one of the sad endings of the bus family owning the Lakers was the power struggle, kind of the Game of Thrones power struggle that took place between Jeannie and her brothers at the after Dr. Buss died. And she, of course, kind of came out on top of all of it. Uh, but but we see the seeds of that planted right there. And, and uh, you know, Jerry, uh, it, it looks like, you know, kind of felt obligated to give his sons the first crack at it, but he kind of knew in his gut all the way that Jeannie was the one that really was the most like him. Oh yeah, and I mean you saw that when she when they had that little conversation on the stairs, mm-hmm. um, and she thought she was going to get all all the accolades, and all of a sudden he throws them back in the loop, and it's like a kick to the gut hearing that from her. But she's like, "I'm just like you, Dad. I know what I'm doing, and I I want to do it the same way you are." And yep. So mm-hmm. yeah, but those those brothers they had. They didn't know what they were doing, that's for sure, in the episode, you could tell. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think they're going to continue to play on that as we move forward here. So, um, the Paul Westhead DNP CD. Uh, who should not have been in this episode? I'll go first with this one, uh, Mr. Hall. Uh, I'm going to, and I, and I didn't ever catch her name, and I'm sure they said it. The female lawyer uh, that Magic ends up uh, sleeping with, uh you know, again, we know Magic is very much into women, and and that he, you know, in, in some ways has an addiction. Uh, let's move on to other things. It was kind of, uh, especially when you found out that she was married. I mean, you know, again, the, uh, and I don't know if that's true or not. What would happen there? I mean, uh, that was not mentioned in the book in any way, shape, or form. So who knows? Uh, but I, I just thought. That that was just a, a character that was unnecessary, and again, there's other things that we could have explored that were much more interesting. Yeah, 
Um, that's one I had written down. The other one I, I kind of wrote down, but I don't know if it is or not. Uh, Jerry Buss' ex-wife when she just randomly showed up at the house. Oh, yep. I mean, I know he was trying to get her to sign off on more more money and everything like that, but you could have gone through the route not even having her in the in the show on mm-hmm. um, to, to do that. You could just oh she won't sign it and just he threw him throw a fit and go from there. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think I don't think that three minute part was even worth her being on that. Yep. On her. Yep. Best quote of the episode, Casey. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six. I've got six quotes from the episode. Uh, so that's that's what I have to pick from. Um, I'll go ahead and start with one here. Okay. Uh, Riley on the bus. Uh, very opening scene. It ain't stealing if it's always been yours. Now, he said it a little bit more colorfully. Uh, but... I thought that was I thought that was a pretty good motivational technique uh, or a motivational quote again language that we would not use with in our coaching situations but the the, the basic concept is the same there um, that's that was the first one I think most I think it pretty much goes in chronological order with the episode here uh, you can go ahead and keep going I only got I only got like two of them okay so I'll go through my six and we'll see if it lines up with any of your two and then we'll go from there how about that uh, works okay. Uh, Jerry Buss coming into the owners' meetings. Uh, Sorry I'm late. Just came from a little sit-down with those television boys from Connecticut. Um, You know, ESPN had just been launched a year or two before and kind of predicting the future there with that. Um, Norm Nixon, uh, when they're they're walking in for training camp and Magic's trying to sell him on, on Kareem coming off the bench, uh, Norm Nixon tells Magic, you're the one that the white people have on TV selling stuff, so you go sell it to him. Um, I thought that was pretty funny um, and and kind of appropriate for the time period and, and, and the way a lot of minority athletes felt towards Magic in, in that regard. Um, I, I, I'm going to mispronounce the word. Dianyo or whatever that Red Auerbach talked about. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Danyo, Danyo or whatever. And then Claire Rothman says, you know, blank Diagno, I want more. Um, I thought that was pretty good. Um, Chick Hearn, when the Lakers are struggling, he says, yes, this is a sellout if 8,000 people are dressed up as suits or something like that. Uh, Chick said that. And then towards the end of the episode, they're in the, the forum and the Lakers are playing better. And Jerry Buss says, uh, I think he's sitting next to Norm Nixon. He says, I think I just saw Kareem smile. Uh, I thought that was funny, too. So. Uh, those are my favorite quotes of the episode. Uh, what do you have, Casey? Uh, I had one of your. I had uh, oh, whatever. Let's see your second one. You're, you said the ESPN one. Like, what's that? The ESPN one. Yes, I had that written down. Um, and then I had at the end of the episode where he talks about where Paul says team team beats stars. Mm. Um, the one where he talks about. He's talking about a system and how everyone plays together, and it does. We just don't need one. We need all five of you to do your role, and we're going to win games. I thought that was a really good, good one. Coaches are absolutely loving our taking over a new program booklet. As many of you know, I spent two years outside of coaching, and during that time, I hung a note card in my workspace at school that said, "Strip the house down to the studs." 
I took that time to really rethink and reorganize my thoughts on what it takes to run a transformational program. As I prepared for the possibility of coaching again, I organized these thoughts into this 96-page booklet. How much do I trust this booklet? I used this booklet as I went on interviews to help sell myself and my vision for what my new program would look like. If I'm using it to sell myself, why wouldn't I recommend it to you, my listeners? This booklet will help you look at any part of your program, no matter what stage you're at in your program, and help improve it in some way. It's all yours for only $15, which includes shipping and handling. For more information, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Yes, which leads us into uh, what are some coaching points or concepts that you're going to steal from this episode to help lead the Millard West Lady Wildcats to glory this year. I got three or four things down, but I'm going to let you lead on this category. So, yeah, it kind of that was the I had that written down for both Team Beat Stars. Um, and then uh, it wasn't really like, I mean, it's pretty obvious for most people, but when Riley and and Paul are sitting at the pool there mm-hmm. before training camp starts and Riley's like, here, I'm trying to make all these adjustments so we can get things so people can't dial in, just kind of not being content, mm-hmm. um, trying to make adjustments to make your team better um, every year or every week or every day, not mm-hmm. just relying on something that worked last year. Yeah. Uh, no complacent, complacency. Uh, I can't yeah. say that word. And and I think that's one of the things um, you know just as well as I do. It's I don't want to say it's easy. That's that's the wrong word. But in the context of the conversation or or of the statement, I'm going to use that word, Casey. Okay, uh, mm-hmm. you know it's easy. Again, using air quotes to go from bad to average, and it's a little less easy to go from average to good. And then it, it, it gets much harder to go from good to great and great to, to exceptional and championship level. You know, uh, the the steps that you have to take are, are smaller, but the steps are harder, even though they're smaller steps. And, you know, the, the thing that, you know, it's like Red talks about, at the beginning of the episode when they have that interaction with, with Buss and the Laker Brain Trust there, Bill Sharman and Jerry West and those, you know, once you win, everybody gets content. You know, Pat Riley ends up calling it the disease of me or the disease of more. And that's what you have to fight. And I thought Westhead came in with the right attitude of fighting complacency and looking to change things up before they got complacent. But I think that he went about it in a lot of the wrong ways, at least, again, as it was portrayed by the program. Um, so there's a, you know, there's a, a couple of things that I think that we saw go wrong in a very small way. And, and you know, just as well as I do, Casey, uh, the dam rarely bursts from just one big action. There's usually a bunch of small fissures in the dam, and then all of a sudden it cracks and the water comes through, right? Um, yeah. You know, one of the things that Westhead did not do a very good job of in this episode uh, was clearly communicating with the players their roles. You know, he kind of rolls in and he's, you know, he has this team meeting and he says, here's the system. Now, and I'm sure it wasn't like that. I mean, I, I, I again, it's it's a it's a dramedy. Uh, but he didn't he didn't you know, he says we're struggling because 
magic's not here and his job was improvising and he's better at it but you know you and I would never have that conversation in front of the team we would never call out our the you know one of the best players of all time and say hey you're not producing at the level that you used to produce at and you just suck right now um we probably wouldn't do that I I, I know I wouldn't um, no <laughs> you know especially with a man as much pride as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has you know um so I I, I think that one of the the concepts that you could take away from watching this is clearly communicating roles, but communicating it in a positive way, in a manner to which your players are going to be accepting of what you're trying to do, even if it means, like, for example, with Kareem, maybe his role is diminished compared to what it was before. So, uh, I don't know. Would you, am I making any sense there, Casey? No, I, I totally get what you're saying. I mean, I think I think it always is. As a coach, you have to be able to specifically explain to each person what you want from them. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can't do that, then it makes it really tough for, one, that person to know what they're doing. Two, for everyone to be able to click together. Mm-hmm. All five people that are on the floor at that time. Yep. Because if you're telling one girl or guy that hey you're the point guard when you're on the floor but then they're in on the floor with another point guard it's like well what's my role then what do i do um just trying to make sure you're all on the same page on what you're doing and what you're not doing and paul did not do a great job of that when he established a system just run to your spot i'm like i started laughing when he said that and i'm like (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) it kind of sounded like sixth grade y ball yeah, you know. just you go here, like, or when you see all these teams play a young kids teams play a two three zone, and you stand on this elbow, you stand on this elbow, you two on a block, and the other person in the middle, mm-hmm. like, just get here and stand here. Yeah, it's like, okay, yeah. well that may not work with an NBA team that's coming off a world extremely champion. athletic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah you know, again. These are the small cracks in the dam that we'll see, and as this progresses over the next couple, a uh, little side bet here, Casey. Mm-hmm. What episode will Westhead get fired? Um, I'm gonna go episode three. That was that was my thought as well. So that's our prediction, folks. It's out there in public. We're saying episode three. Uh, he's he's getting let go, and yeah, I think it's going to be early in episode three that that when that's going to happen. If it doesn't happen early, episodes three, it'll happen like at the end of episode two, and it'll lead into yep the cliffhanger the of changeover. Yeah. yeah, the cliffhanger into episode three. Yep, I, I agree wholeheartedly with you. I think that's kind of the timeline that we're on because he gets he gets let go. Well. I'm going to make this prediction. I think Magic is going to ask for his trade at the end of episode two, which directly leads to Westhead getting to the firing. Yeah. yeah, literally, like the in the next 24 to 48 hours. I forget right. what it was. So yeah, it was it was quick. It was a quick change. Yep. So um, again, kind of related to that management of personalities, and Westhead uh, struggled with that. It seemed like uh, he did not do a very good job with with that uh that part of things and and so uh especially 
the, a lot of times, the, the, if, you, if you're really good, the skill level is there. You're worried more about, at that point, yes, the X's and O's are still very, very important. I'm not saying that. But uh, the better the team you have, a lot of times, the more you have to manage personalities because uh, there's more investment, there's more skill, there's, there's, there's more uh, dedication to the game with your players and and therefore uh you have to work really hard to get everybody to sacrifice a little bit of themselves for the good of the team and i think that's one thing we saw westhead struggle with as well in this episode yeah i mean you could see that when he tried to when he broke out the the system there was a lot of questioning on how, what what are we doing why are we doing this what what is the name of the <laughs> It's just the, name of the this, system. The system. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, um, anything else on coaching points or concepts to take from this episode, sir? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that was, I mean, that, I think we hit pretty much everything there. Perfect. Okay. Overall grade for the episode, sir. What did you have? A through F? Um, I'd give it a high B. Yep. That's exactly where uh, I was. B plus. I mean, I thought I thought it was really good. Like we said, had, I mean, it didn't stick on one topic too long. Mm-hmm. I mean, you might circle back to it, but um, it it worked its way through for that hour, or whatever hour, ten minutes of the episode was, and mm-hmm. kind of covered everything, which was good. Yeah, uh, it's kind of like what we said at the outset. Uh, I li- I like the pace of the episode. Uh, I, I I like how they covered a lot of things in a short amount of time. Uh, they didn't really stick on anything too long. And like you said, I think you made a great point, Casey. The longest continuous, uh, the longest scene of the movie was the training camp. Or the longest, not the movie, the episode, uh, yeah. was was the training camp scene uh, when they came back in, in uh, the fall of 1980. And, and so they, they, they stuck to the basketball part of it and... If they were going to go long on something, it wasn't going to be Jerry Buss talking to his housekeeper or or, or or Jeannie talking to Claire or something like that. So I think that's, I don't know, like they said, maybe maybe they listened to our podcast and they took some of our advice. I don't know, buddy. So, uh, but I had it right on the nose there at a B plus as well. So um, I really think my personal opinion that if they continue to structure the story in this vein i think this has a chance to be a really really good television show kind of the television show that us basketball nerds thought it was going to be from the get-go yeah i agree i mean if they can if they can keep building on what they did here um i think it's going to be really good um but if i remember right like didn't last year like we thought the first three episodes really good then all of a sudden we hit like Three, four, five were really slow and sluggish. I mean, hopefully they don't get to that point again. Yeah, I can. I mean, episode. I'll, I'll go back in my archives here. Uh, episode uh, six, which was Memento More. Um, I gave it a D minus. There was no basketball there. Yeah. I, I just. Uh, I'm just typing in uh, winning time in my Google Drive here. Uh, Let's see here. Winning time. Uh, episode three. Let's see what, what I gave for that there. Gave that a B. Um, winning time. Episode 
Uh, oh, I did episode six already. So yeah, I think you're right there. And and so uh, let's let's check one more here. Episode episode eight. We'll just randomly check one here. Episode eight gave it a B minus. Oh, that was the one between Magic and Doctor J. Uh, Cookie and Magic were uh, kind of getting together, but then they broke yeah. up and. Uh, Dr. Buss's mom, uh, they were drawing that out a little bit. So, um, so yeah, I, I hope you're right. I mean, if, if they can, if they continue at this pace with this type of character development, but keeping the focus on the team and having the, the team and the franchise, if that stays at the top of the storyline and not get sidetracked with all these other things, uh, I, like I said, I think this has a chance to be what you and I and a bunch of other basketball nerds hoped it would become. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. All right. You down to do six, seven, eight, nine more of these, buddy? Oh, yeah. Awesome. Sounds like a plan. Awesome. Well, like I said, appreciate you coming back on here. Uh, like I texted you today, been far too long, and that is a whatever percent of it was that was on me. So, uh, you know, just happy to have you back on here, Casey. And, and uh, uh, we, need, we need to talk, uh, when we get off the air here, we need to talk a little road trip possibly yeah yeah so uh but uh episode one of season two of winning time uh one ring don't make a dynasty uh strong debut episode from uh winning time here so uh really excited here we'll see where next week takes us uh kind of the plan is this is airing on sunday nights we're going to record on monday nights and this will be dropping every tuesday morning this is kind of the plan here so i hope folks enjoy casey's uh, Casey and I's review of everything that's going to happen here this season. So uh, we'll, we'll keep it moving forward. So, coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day. Bye.